it's it's thinking how is everybody doing tonight welcome back to a different kind of show on my channel at boys in the zone i'm gonna call it the cowboys conference call we've got a bunch of different shows here uh we got two guys from the cowboys cave uh one half of starstruck and then one third of the cowboys can fan podcast man how is everybody doing tonight and are you ready for this matchup against green bay on sunday night Man, you know we're ready. We're ready to get this thing rolling, man. Sunday can't get here fast enough. Absolutely. All right. Um, my biggest question is, um, do you think that, that Dak should have gotten a first-team All-Pro honor, or are you guys okay with the second team, first of his career? I'm just excited for my boy, regardless, first team, second team, but I think he got a little bit snubbed, but Lamar's going for the MVP. Kelly, what do you think? Um, I mean, I, I, I am just for, just for Dak, but I don't think it really matters to him. I think he's got bigger things on his mind. Like you said, yes, when he wasn't wearing the NFC uh, East hat, he said, we got bigger things on mine. And, uh, I mean, we, we play for these, we play for these things right here. We don't play mm. for those MVP awards, but at the same time, uh, it would be remiss of me not to say that. I feel bad for any of the Cowboys players that get snubbed because I think that they earn those accolades on the field, and I think they earn them by their play. And I think to not get the recognition from the media for whatever reason, whether that be bias because it's the Cowboys brand uh, that they have a bias against, I don't think that that's fair. And so it bugs me and bothers me as a fan for them. But, you know, at the end of the day, man, you know, we're playing for a Super Bowl trophy and we're playing for that number six Lombardi and that's what it's all about. So absolutely. Cam. Yeah, I think Dak completely got snubbed. Um, if you go down and you just look at the absolute numbers, the stats all the way down there, it shows that it's Dak and, you know, <laughs> that and don't get me even started on Micah. Um, that was probably a bigger snub than I think Dak was. Mm. And, um, but you know, like Dak said, you know, he's wearing Louis Vuitton right now because of the LV for Vegas. And so there that's where the eyes on the prize there. Yep. Ants. Yeah. He was snubbed. He was snubbed and he's not getting the MVP. They're giving it to Lamar Jackson and we all know it's bull, bull crap. Caught myself there. Uh, but I, I think it was a snub <laughs> It was the best to me, his best season as a Cowboys quarterback and he deserves the all pro, but to me personally, it doesn't really matter. Get that Super Bowl MVP. Absolutely. And Mike, what were your thoughts on the all pro? Uh, I've been team, waiting two years with Dak. I've been waiting two years to do this. Crack him if you got him. I, you know, I, I'm not going to get all crazy about it and say he got snubbed. Um, Lamar Jackson had a great season had a really good season. I think the problem, it comes down to, they put it on San Francisco. They put it on Miami. We got beat pretty good by San Francisco, got beat by, by Miami. Second team all pros, nothing to be ashamed of. We got bigger goals ahead, so let Lamar Jackson have it. If if, if we if this motivates him and gives him a little chip on his shoulder to help get us that sixth ring, then have at it. Yeah. Uh, got a shout-out my boy Falcon in the chat. Says, shout-out to me for the new dad uh, life. And I wanted to bring up that comment in specific because I might be popping off and on at some point in this you know who knows my wife might need me so uh we got the gang though holding it down um i did want to give a shout out to tyler smith deron bland uh brandon aubrey all of them with a and all pro honors as well in their first time um to see tyler smith i think that was like the second year 
that Cowboys Nation was weary of the pick when we made it. But Tyler Smith from year one, he was really good uh, filling in uh, uh, that role that Tyron Smith left after getting injured. And then now guard, I mean, he is playing at an all-pro level, and I'm glad to see that he got that honor. Deron Bland, nine interception this year, uh, five taken back to the house. Uh, and then Brandon Aubrey, really only one real missed field goal. Uh, the block last week uh, put a damper on the, the perfect record, and then he doinks one off the, the left upright, I believe. But um, three guys getting some some really heavy praise from the league and uh, Associated Press, uh, Anth, Talk about our second-year players, our, our youth on this team moving into the, the playoffs and into the future. Well, it's funny that you bring up the youth because all you're hearing everywhere is how the Green Bay Packers are such a youthful team, and analysts mm-hmm. are actually trying to spin that at, actually as like a positive for them. And I think our team totals eight months behind theirs. So we're the second-youngest team in the league, and mm. our young guys are balling out. Like, sure, they have a couple young wide receivers on the Packers, but like you said, Tyler Smith, Deron Bland, I mean, Aubrey out of nowhere – like that that's cornerstone players Deron Bland we were all worried when Trevon Diggs went out and then Deron Bland just steps up to the plate all all pro sets records and you got to be excited I'm expecting him to do something wild in the playoffs and uh these this young crew that we got it's a little mixture with the vets I think it's the perfect amount of young guys with old guys on our team I say old guys I'm I think I'm older than any of the old guys on the team but uh (laughs) I'm pretty excited to see what these younger dudes can do absolutely uh Kelly yeah, I mean, you know, you, I, I was thinking that earlier this week when they were talking about, you know, Green Bay being this young team and, you know, and, the, and giving them all these accolades from where they are right now because of how youthful they are. And, and I, I mean, I was like, man, it's, it's just it, it, it goes to show that these guys don't do their homework, man, because you look at the you look at this Cowboys roster up and down the roster. I mean, you've got several pieces on this defense that are still in rookie contracts that are not in that haven't earned their second contract. You're still in those rookie contracts. You've got Deron Bland that's a second year player that set the NFL record for the most pick sixes, which in my opinion, he deserves defensive player of the year. If we get into that later, we get into that later. But you've got all these guys up and down. You got C D Lamb that's about to earn his second first second contract. You know, he's or his first big contract. Um, yeah. you know, you've got all these players up and down the roster. It's still a very young roster. Um, so I look at it and I think, you know, Brandon Aubrey, I'm like, man, I feel I feel blessed to have a guy like that who I get it. He had a little hiccup last week, but, you know, it was due to happen eventually. Get it out of the way before the postseason starts. But he's been automatic. He's a guy that you don't really have, you know, I don't stress about when he lines up for a field goal because it seems like automatic when in the yeah. offseason we we're thinking about damn, this Cowboys, this is a position where, like, what are we doing here at the kicker position? Like, we don't have anybody. And then the next thing you know, you got a guy that comes in, doesn't miss a field goal to the very last game of the season. So, I mean, I, I feel good about our youth, and I love these young guys, um, you know, getting their, getting their flowers and, uh, and you know, just showing up and showing out. It, it just goes to show that this Cowboys team drafts and builds through the draft, in my opinion, better than any team in, in the whole league, so. Yeah. No, you make a good point about the kicker uh, worries early in the offseason because you think of like all the really good playoff teams that are consistently there. They all have a good kicker. Eagles with Jake Elliott, uh, the Chiefs with Harrison Butker, uh, Ravens with uh, Justin Tucker. I mean, so now to have Brandon Aubrey, he is such a weapon from anywhere on the field, it seems like, because he's Aubrey-matic, as Cam likes to say. So um, it, it's one of those things, man. He is He's just as deserving as anybody else, and he's a football player, not just a kicker. Uh, Cam, do you want to talk about these young guys on this team? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think No C actually pointed it out that, you know, when we get Trayvon Diggs back, we've got two mm. now all pro corners that are both record setting and the the oldest will be 25 years old, you know, and then we can shift in the linebacker room. Damone Clark, you know, he's had his ups and downs, but he's actually fourth against uh, Rundy um, as far as linebackers mm. right now. Okay. But um and then, you know, we'll get Overshown back. And, you know, Osa, Osa's not that old either. So, you know, we've got a lot of youth on this team. We, we're going to probably have to work on the safeties a little bit. But <laughs> they're a little long in the truth. Little, yep, but, yep. yeah, that, that's probably one of our oldest uh, groups that we have is safety right now. But, yeah. no, I we've got a lot of youth. We've got a lot of um, good good years coming out of a lot of them absolutely and mike rep in the cowboys uh cave shirt right there you know hold that up for everybody the gorilla we got a little, little plug for that but and also drinking sweet sweet water ipa so but uh love the youth on our team obviously aubrey i'll i'll apologize for the hundredth time i'm sorry to him <laughs> sorry <laughs> to the coaches sorry to jerry whoever the hell you know anyone who found him unbelievable job Deron Bland obviously deserves, you know, all the all the awards, all pro. Um, you know, I think Kelly makes a very good point. He should be in that conversation. He probably should win defensive play. When you get what is it, six uh, pick sixes, uh, six taken back to the house, broke the NFL I think record. It was, five. was it five? I thought it was six. Five, yeah, it was five. Five, five. Right, yeah, five. five. Should have been six. Five pick sixes, <laughs> you know, taken to the house. Those are game changing. So he's been such a blessing. Imagine. Imagine if we had, you know, we didn't have him and Anthony and Brown down and we got right back there or God forbid we would have kept uh, the other guy that we got rid of. We would have mm -hmm. been in a lot of trouble. So I'm loving the youth of this team. You know, Tyler Smith, another guy everyone bagged on and, and, and just ripped apart when the Cowboys drafted him, kind of like Frederick, you know, back in the day. So, you know, this this team is, is young. And, and to Kelly's point, we're young and hungry and I, I'm sick. Of, it's like I said in my video. You know, they keep talking about the Packers being dangerous. We're the dangerous team. People mm. need to be worrying about us as media keeps hyping up these teams and then we beat the hell out of them. Then they find the new team, a new excuse why we beat the hell out of them. And then we can't beat the next one. So I'm excited for these playoffs, man. Let's just get this thing rolling. But I, I'm loving this team. Well, well, we're going to beat them and then you're just going to hear, well, it's because they're young. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. why we beat yeah. them, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. Chad is bringing up a, a good point. My guy Kai right here, especially with the low-key emergence of TJ Bass and Brock Hoffman. I, I mean, that right there, two undrafted guys mm -hmm. um, that played a significant impact in that, that win last week against Washington. So um, we not only have those guys that we feel really good about playing right now, meaningful snaps, but we got some guys in, at, at that depth. Um, that you feel good about going into training camp next year and hopefully building more onto their foundation. And and hopefully by the time that a guy like Zach Martin or a guy like Tyron Smith or a guy like uh, Tyler Biotish, if we don't keep him, you feel good about some of those guys you have in-house and you don't have to have that desperation move that I feel like they kind of reached for in, in, a, in a Luke Schoonmaker pick in the second round uh, because they just didn't trust all the way with Jake Ferguson. Um, so yeah, great point right there. My guy, Tony Goat Romo, uh, friend of the show, I've had him on before. Uh, he says, "What if the Cowboys are one and done?" I'm sick uh, of that talk. I'm just look, man. I'm, he's I'm just trolling. He's trolling. I, hopefully, he's joking. But I'm no, just sick of these Cowboys with PTSD and just thinking <laughs> the worst, man. It's it's playoff. If we lose to the Packers, a seven seed, 
we got problems. We're going to smoke them. But I, I hate the, the off-season talk already. I hate the what if we lose. Man, let's just go out there and whoop their ass and let, let you know. Let's yeah, everybody's keep... talking about the Green Bay curse and blah, blah, blah. It, Aaron Rodgers is not there. He's not there. He's not yeah. there. They're completely different teams. Our our coach was their coach with the last time they beat us in the postseason. Move on from those that 2014 and 2016 game. Yeah, think yeah. about the 90s when we owned them. I know some of you guys are too young for that. There was a time we beat the hell out of them every single year in the regular season. We ended their season in the playoffs, 7-0 and oh, during like a four-year period. So just, you know, it, it wasn't always the Packers beating us. Rodgers had our number. I give you that. But Rodgers ain't walking out of the tunnel uh, come Sunday at uh, 4.30 or 3.30 Cowboys time. Fact, I agree. Fact. I don't think I don't think the Cowboys go one and done. I think that's kind of a, a, a mute point at this at this point. But I did earlier when I when I went on live, I did have somebody ask that question. And my answer, my answer was if, you know, it's a hypothetical scenario. I don't like talking about hypotheticals, but I said if that was to happen and you're the Cowboys organization, yeah, you know, you're gonna have a talk. You're absolutely gonna have a talk if that was to happen, because I would feel like that would be the biggest, one of the biggest failures in terms of a Cowboys season, having a number two seed, top five offense, top five defense, and he losing the first round. You absolutely somebody's get somebody's getting their ass in trouble for that one. Yeah. So, but I don't think it's gonna happen. I think we're gonna go into you know Green Bay's coming in. We're gonna smack them around. We're gonna beat them by double digits. There's a reason why Vegas had a seven and a half point favorites to open up. Vegas usually knows what they're talking about. If there was any nervousness in Vegas, that spread would be a lot closer than seven and a half. Seven and a half is a pretty big point spread for a playoff. <coughs> just, yeah, you know, just saying. I did want to bring up this comment. Best news I've heard all day. Will McClay is staying in Dallas. Huge that. for the Cowboys. Everybody in Cowboys Nation, if you if you follow the team and actually um, know your stuff about them, uh, you know that Will McClay is basically our GM. Obviously doesn't have the title because Jerry wants the title, I guess. But um, the guy is so, so important as far as draft and, and player personnel around the league and, and having knowledge on uh, both facets. So the guys coming in and the guys that are kind of falling out of grace with other teams, bringing them in and getting some meaningful snaps. Say what you want about Chuma Adoga, but he's played some good guard uh, this season. Now, left tackle is a... Is, uh, uh, it's its its own conversation but um when he was asked to play guard he was good he came from a different team um and we've had these guys in the past you know you talk about uh two of our biggest contributors this year brandon cooks uh stefan gilmore both of those moves uh probably aren't made it well i won't say probably aren't because you still got jerry and he's he's kind of wild but um will mcclay he, he orchestrated those as well so um huge huge news to have will mcclay back in the building or well he never really left but um yeah, just that's that can't go unnoticed. So, um, Doug brings up Eagles are one and done though, Bobby. <laughs> um, I could I could honestly see that, and um, the Eagles I think are the Monday night game if I'm not mistaken. So, okay, yeah, so so that's one of those things we'll kind of have to wait and see. But that still plays into the Cowboys' hands because the Monday night game has to has the least amount of rest and uh, film study for the other team. So. Um, you know, who knows? Um, I think Tampa Bay is perfectly uh, suited to beat the Eagles, and I guess it's supposed to be pretty rainy, like a monsoon type of a it's game. Supposed to be nasty. I'm in Tampa. It's supposed yeah. they're saying it's going to be nasty, which that might favor the Eagles, maybe. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think that we're basically out of just the uh, the early talk. Uh, oh, we got Patrick Nosey Walker in the building. Great talk, ladies and gentlemen. Lots of football IQ in here. 
Appreciate the words of kindness, uh, no see. Um, one thing I, I, I just got to say about uh, this this panel of people on here, all of them have uh, opened their arms and got me on uh, their shows or I've had them on my shows. They've been uh, gracious enough to do that and help me grow. So I got to give a, a huge thanks to all of them as well. Um, but yeah, let's just kick it off into the Green Bay talk. Um, I think that everybody's kind of saw the the past six weeks from Jordan Love. I think he has 15 passing touchdowns and only like two interceptions or one interception. 18-1. 18-1. One, one. I think the 18 is with rushing touchdowns, though. Oh, is was it? it? Okay. But I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to claim to know. I think it was 15 to one, but still impressive. Even, even with the, um, the opponents that he's faced, uh, Mike, talk about Jordan love and kind of what you see from him. And, um, if you're worried about what he can do and, and those weapons on the outside with, with Dobbs Watson, um, who else do they have? Um, uh, trying to think of the, the other young kid, uh, Jaden Reed. Yep. Reed. I mean, they're, you know, young guys. I mean, again, Jordan Love, I'll be, again, apologize to him. I did not think he would be very good. He's had a nice season. You know, give him the kudos. He hasn't faced a defense that he's going to face on Sunday. They, they're not going to be – he's not going to be able to go toe-to-toe with Dak. He's not – they're not going point for point. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and you look at their games, okay, yeah, they, they, they've had a nice little streak, and, and that's great, but, I mean, who'd they beat? I mean, they got they got they got beat up by the Buccaneers. I mean, Mayfield had a career day against them. Um, you know, they squeaked squeak by the Panthers. Panthers score thirty against them. You know, they 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 lose to the Giants. I mean, I just pumped the brakes. But Jordan Love's a good quarterback. He has trouble with pressure. He has yeah. trouble with pressure, and I think that's where the problem's going to be for him is because he's going to get some pressure from this Dallas D line, and I think that's where his problem's going to start. No, and no, no. See, he brought up a great point about Jordan Love is that he holds the ball longer than it takes the Cowboys to create their pressure uh, yeah. amongst our D line. So that's that's going to be a huge factor um, in this game because if he is waiting for those longer developing routes, those those deep shots or those deep crossers um, with those wideouts, it it pay, plays into our defensive strength. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Kelly, what what was your thoughts on Jordan Love? Same thing as Mike, man. I thought he's had a good season, but I've watched him, man. When you put pressure on him, the footwork gets a little bit sloppy. I've noticed, uh, I, I watched that last game that they played. He made a couple of throws off his back foot um, where it's just not really, it's almost kind of an underthrown ball. His receivers have done him uh, a lot of favors in terms of going to get those, but there's there's some throws he has that are that are just, he's not putting everything into it. I mean, they, they don't, you know, obviously you see a quarterback throwing off his back foot when he's on pressure. That's not something they want him to do. Dak Prescott is one of the guys that is a, is a quarterback who I've seen do that, but actually can do it pretty well just because of that upper body control. Um, Jordan loves make it look a little sloppy. Um, you know, it's funny, Patrick, no C Walker was up in here because he actually had an article on Jordan love. That was a, a great read. Uh, Cowboys fans. If you haven't read that, you should go read it. So I had to pull that up real quick because I wanted to, I wanted to have those numbers of Jordan love versus the pressure this year. He's got 993 yards, four touchdowns, three interceptions and a pass rating of 72.5 uh, compared mm-hmm. to Prescott, which is 3,351 yards. Like, I mean, that's, a, that's over, that's over Night triple of that and uh and 27 touchdowns to eight interceptions and 105 quarterback rating so there's a huge difference in between those two uh prescott thrives under pressure jordan love not so much and and it also is one of those things where if you can put pressure on them with you know with your front four which dallas 
has a has a very good ability to do. I mean, Micah Parsons uh, just by himself is going to create a bunch of pressure. So I think you're going to get Jordan Love uncomfortable. He's a pocket guy. He doesn't make great throws on the run. That's not something he excels at. He's, in fact, he's actually struggles making throws on the run. It's one of the worst areas that he has as a quarterback. So I think this Cowboys front is going to be able to put pressure on him. I think you're going to see, you know, it's going to force him into some bad throws. And when you do that against this Dallas Cowboys secondary, who's very opportunistic, it results in bad things for the opposing team, good things for us. So, I mean, I think Jordan Love has done a, has done a good job. I'll just say that. But I think Matt LaFleur has done a really, really good job as a play caller in getting him into positions to succeed and to have the, you know, have the low interception totals that he has. But at the end of the day, go up against a good pass rush like Dallas, it's a totally different story. So, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cam, do you kind of feel uh, the same about Jordan Love? And do you think that these last few opponents that he has faced um, are going to allow him to kind of, uh, you know, feel an ease going into this and then realizing within the first couple uh, uh, drives for him, like, okay, this Dallas defense is, is different than these other defenses I had to face uh, recently? Yeah, he could have a false sense of security going on. And then, you know, you also have to look at it that it's Jenkins and um, is it the right guard Runyon are both hurt. And, mm. you know, when you have a very healthy Hankins now coming it back in, that's fresh, that's been rested, he's going to yeah. get that pressure on them. You know, Osa, it, I mean, it goes without saying that Tank has been playing lights out. I he's an, he's one that I kind of feel did get snubbed on the All Pro. You know, people have not really realized what he's yep. been doing. So I do think that maybe he's going to have that false sense of security. He's going to get smacked into reality, and then I think that's when they may shift quite a bit and, and rely on Aaron Jones and the run game more. So, but then that's when we'll need you know Hankins to step up, and we'll need Damone Clark to have a really good game in that. Yeah. Uh, Anth? I mean, you guys kind of nailed all the points that I, I've been thinking about. Uh, he's had a good season, but his last, like Mike was saying, his last five opponents, nothing, they're, they're not, they weren't good. Like his last three opponents were the Bears, Vikings, and Panthers. And then they lost the other two games to the Bucks and the Giants. Like yeah. that's, those are all not great teams. Sands the Bucks, and like the Bucks are the bottom tier playoff team, to, according to everyone, right? So I, I'm not scared of him at all. I don't think he's played a caliber defense like the Cowboys. And he's going to find out on Sunday what it's like to to face an actual pass rush. Absolutely. And how's the weather at Jerry World since you're right yeah, outside? Yeah, it's pretty good, man. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> I'm actually in a building. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on a building right now. That's how I have this vantage point. It's crazy, man. It, clear sky is out there right now. It's beautiful. It's um, beautiful. No, I, I do got a question, though. Like, do you guys feel like um, this is a young team, so maybe we should defer if we win the coin toss and, and allow them to go out? first or should we put that pressure on them immediately and make them feel like oh man we got to chase points uh if we if we do go down there and drive and, and get points uh on our first drive what's your guys thoughts i'll start with anth okay i that's actually funny because i've been pretty vocal about this i like the cowboys starting off with the ball i, I feel like when their best defense is when they get up on teams right every time mm -hmm. that we've every time that we've started on defense the teams have went down scored and then it's like our offense just can't get into sync I would love for us to get out there and put seven up on them right away. But then you look at Washington just last week, we were kind of in a weird game, 10-7 for some of it. Then we score right before half and we get the ball back and go score again. So it's such a weird, it's it's so hard. It's a it's a hard thing to go 
and actually decide what to do. But for me personally, I want them to go and score. I, I don't know if that's the right decision, but as a fan, it seems like they've done better when they've had the lead. Yeah. Cam? Um, sorry, I'm going to sneeze. Go to somebody else. I'm sorry. Kelly, Kelly go ahead. Man, I, 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 I've been on this train all year long that I want. I always want the ball to start off with, man. I think it sets a tone for this team. I think it sets a tone for just the, the game. I mean, you look at the, the Cowboys team, they've, they've played better, significantly better when they play with the lead. I think it gives the defense just a little bit extra confidence that, all right, we got that lead. And I just feel like they play more loose when they do that. And, and it also just – Whenever the offense gets off to a start, you just feel like it gives Dak that confidence. Not to say that he gets shaken if they don't, but it just it's it's like if they start out that game with a score, it just seems like you as as a fan watching it, it just feels this team just feels different. You can watch them and they're in rhythm, and it's like you know next time they get the ball back, you just always feel like this team has an opportunity to score every time they touch the ball, and that's the way that I feel. It's like this big play capabilities with CD, uh, you know with. And, and the whole thing with Dak, how well he's been playing and seeing and reading the field. I just want the ball in his hands at all times, honestly, because, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love our defense, but I feel like Dak Prescott has taken his game to another level. So I feel like why not start it off, give it to the leader of this football team and let him set the tone and go right down the field and score on them immediately and let them know we're going to be here all day long. And this is the shit you're going to have to stop. And you ain't going to be able to stop it. So just yeah. just, just accept it. No, that's that's a good point about Dak. I feel like Dak is good whether whatever the moment is, if he has to, if he's chasing points or if it's tied or whatever. But Dak is different when he's playing with the lead. I feel like he has that mentality, like man, let's just keep on putting it on them, keep on putting it on them. And uh, you see that a lot in the sounds of the sidelines, like, hey, get ready to go, we're about to go put put some points on the board. And uh, so yeah, that's a good point, Kelly. Uh, Cam, are you ready? Yeah, I am. And I actually didn't sneeze. <laughs> I was like, it was right there. Um, no, I agree with the guys. Um, you know, I I hear people say that they want to defer because they don't want the chance for them to have back to back. But this is the type of game that you get out there, you set the tempo, you just keep the throttle on them. And it's not going to matter if they, ha- they have the ball, at, you know, at the second half that we can get that kind of a lead. And definitely keep that fast tempo going in that one. That's the, I think that's one of the biggest keys for Dak is to stay in tempo and a quick pace and we get big enough lead and it's not going to matter if they have that ball. Yeah. Mike. Yeah. I mean, I'm typically the mindset of always like to defer because I do like the back to back and I think lame, I lame. Think, I know, I know, but, but I'm saying, <laughs> I, you know, let me in this game, I would get the ball I think they'd score easily and you're going to put the pressure on them because the reason I say that, and I'm sure you're going to get to it. The only thing that has me just not, and I'm going to sleep like a baby Saturday night. Understand that the only thing that would give me a hair of a pause would be Aaron Jones only because I have a little bit of what he's done to us. That would be my only reason to jump ahead, get, you know, get that running game out of their mind, make them feel some pressure. So I would, I agree with everyone. I would take the ball and score first, first drive. Absolutely. I I, I got to echo every single one of you guys. I take the ball, go down there. You guys know, um, offensive coordinators love, love, love to 
um, kind of create a script and have a, a, a group of plays ready to go and, and just, okay, this is the first one. If we get this one, we're going with this one. If we don't get it, we're going to go with this. And they just kind of section it off in a little tree. And it builds a scripted, um, you know, kind of drive. And, and I think that Dak is really good in the scripted game. Um, it allows him to get easy rhythm because he's been doing it all practice uh, for three straight days before this. And it's just... It works to perfection on most of our drives and um, when we have done it. And, and this, this, this Green Bay Packers defense is just not good. I mean, they got Rashawn Gary. They've got um, uh, Jair Alexander. They've got some names, but realistically, um, they're, they don't scare me. I think they're like ranked like 28th overall defense right now. So, um, yeah, take the ball, go ahead and score first, get up 7-0, and put that pressure on Jordan Love and that Green Bay offense. Um, somebody brought up right here. If Dallas Voids getting penalties on extended drives, we will be just fine. Um, the only thing that can make this game close or, or close is ourselves. Um, no, I agree. And I think that penalties is the biggest thing that can kind of derail our playoff game against Green Bay because you know it we've we've had it every single game almost this entire season we've been the the team that has more penalties than the other team um and I don't know which which officiating crew we've drawn for this week but um I assume it's going to be one that that likes to call penalties because it seems like every crew likes to call penalties so um it's one of those things stay disciplined uh Dak you got to tell your guys like hey uh, we're at home. There's no reasons to be uh, starting, getting false starts. There's absolutely no reason to. Um, uh, uh, what's the other big thing? Holdings. I, I've got this. I feel comfortable in this field. I'm going to extend the play. Do not get holdings unless I'm about to get absolutely obliterated, kind of a thing. Um, Anth, what, do, what are your thoughts on that? Um, do you kind of agree with that's like the biggest thing that we have to avoid? Yeah. I mean, that and like Mike brought up Aaron Jones. I mean, he kind of makes me nervous, but as far as the team itself, penalty, we saw it in the San Francisco game a couple of years ago. I think we had 14 penalties and you just never get into a, a rhythm. There's been a couple games this year. It's like, there's a pen. I think the Seahawks game, it felt like there was a penalty on every second or third play. And it just, it just gets so hard for either team. It's not even enjoyable. So I hope the refs, I don't even nothing to even do to the Cowboys. I just hope the refs come and let playoff football happen. I want them to let stuff go. I don't mind having a call not get called against the Green Bay Packers as long as it doesn't get called against the Cowboys. If Mike is getting held, okay, but then don't call our guys when they're holding someone, right? So I just want it to be, I just want the, the officiating to be even. That's my, that's my biggest thing. And it's, it never seems yeah. to be consistent. It's like they call one thing one way and then 10 minutes later, it's, it's a no-show. So <clears throat> I just want it to be consistent in that regards. Yeah, so it looks like uh, we we drew Ron Tor uh, Torbert's crew. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but apparently they call a lot of offensive holdings, which could play into Micah finally getting a holding call for the first time in I think 11 games, if I'm not mistaken. So week six was the last time. I'm not holding my breath. I'm not. Yeah, my yeah. Breath <laughs> uh, Kelly, your thoughts on the penalties? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's one of the things that, that has that has bothered me because I believe that the Cowboys are uh, the, the the most penalized team or the second. I think most we're penalized. second. I think we're second. Yeah, second. I know it was. I know it was one of those, and they've kind of flip flop back and forth. But it's disappointing when you see a team that's as good as the Cowboys getting that. And you never, you know, you know, I, I, I talked about this uh, about 
the penalties and said, you know, you never want to be that person that's like the conspiracy theorist. It's like, man, you know what? The refs got it against the Cowboys. But sometimes when you watch some of these games and you and you see some of the some of the stuff that's called and 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 you know, like the inconsistencies, you know, you sit there and you think, wow, just why why are we getting called for this? But you know, the other team ain't getting called for the same things. Um, it's it's it it just kind of. I don't know, kind of makes you think so. But, you know, there there have been some times where the Cowboys have definitely committed some penalties and then rightfully so been flagged for them. So the thing is, uh, you know, me and Mike discussed it on the show, on our show on Wednesday. And I, you know, I told him, I said, the only team that I'm scared of in the NFC is the Dallas Cowboys. And that's because we're the team that can <laughs> shoot ourselves yeah. but the most. I said that they scare me because at times uh, they can get a little loose and they can make some boneheaded plays and they can commit some penalties and they can start, you know, filling that field up with them yellow flags. And when that happens, that's when you start to let a team back into a game. Um you know, a 15 yarder here, a pass interference here. Next thing you know, that team's in scoring range, you know, it doesn't take much. So that's what the Cowboys just really have to be conscientious of is just, you know, play within yourself and, and, and don't commit the boneheaded plays uh, that put your team in a bad position or put your defense or offense, whichever one in a bad position. Um, so if they can do that and they play, you know, if they play penalty free football, they won't play penalty free, but if they, if they just really reduce the penalties, yeah, the Cowboys are a hard team to beat, man, on the road or at home, either or. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, shout out Stephen Mack for for the stats uh, behind this crew. So 107 penalties for 858 yards called with this crew throughout the season. He said home teams are 12-4 and four with this crew, though. So um, so that's good. You know, that, that plays into us since we are the home team. Um, no, I, I agree with Kelly exactly what what you're saying is this the only thing that scares me especially these first two rounds is is really the cowboys because i don't think that any of the matchups we can get in these first two games um you know really worry me as long as we take care of business this offense is so so good um when they're in rhythm the only thing that gets them off the rhythm is the penalties the holding calls the things that uh, are drive killers that take you back an extra 10 yards when you're asking Dak to pick up uh, a third and eight anyways because we have no semblance of a run game however we did did run it a lot better last week uh with tony pollard um i'll let you you and uh cam mike uh you can go first and then cam uh, answer this question about the penalties. And then I want to talk a little bit about Tony Pollard. Um, so go ahead, Mike. Yeah, just, I mean, the penalties, the thing that, that frustrates me more than anything are the penalties, the roughing the punter when you're getting the ball back. Come on, man, ease up. Third and four and your lineup offsides, the precept, snap penalties. That kind of stuff is what drives me insane. Extending drives, it happened in a couple games. I'm trying to remember the one, I think Miami or whatever, where we they extended drives off penalties and scored a touchdown. And and those are the things that that drive me nuts. And but lastly, I got one minute to say is whoever's in the chat talking about the Packers passing defense and their defense isn't any is good or or not that bad. Baker Mayfield, you understand what I just said? <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Perfect quarterback rating against them. 381 yards, four touchdowns. We're talking about mm -hmm. the Bryce Young. Didn't it was only 300 yard game or whatever the hell he had against this defense. Their defense second their secondary is trash. That's all I'm yeah. gonna say. Maybe I would yeah. I was just gonna echo off Mike real quick. I was gonna say that because when it, when you were when you started going in that Bryce Young, that's the thirty second ranked offense in the NFL. The Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young went for three hundred and twelve yards, two touchdowns, and no picks against that secondary. So miss me with that. We should be scared of that Packers secondary when the thirty second ranked <laughs> offense and they put up thirty points on them. They put up thirty time all year. 
I don't think that's a thing. I don't think Carolina put up 30 points in the entire year, but against Green Bay, they sure did. You telling me Dallas at home won't do that? Get out of here with that noise, man. Sorry, Cam. Go ahead. No, it's all right. You actually hit on exactly what I was going to say is that it's the penalties on these special teams and, you know, mm. extending the drive for the other team. Sam Williams, I'm looking at you. He's been doing really good. But there are times that he just, <laughs> you know, can make those really bonehead moods that, yeah, you know, we need to not beat ourselves. Absolutely. Um, Tony Pollard had a, had a pretty good game last week. Um, obviously, they're not a first-team defense for Washington. Uh, even with their their main guys, they're really not the greatest defense. Uh, but it was good to finally see him get going. He made some really good catches in that game, which is what I'm most excited about for him moving forward is uh, being utilized in that pass-catching role out of the backfield because I think that that's another uh, facet of our, our offense that can really get going. Um, but, yeah, running in between the tackles, getting those hard yards and, and – um, you know, not being afraid to lower his shoulder and get those extra yards was a good thing. Rico Dowdle had some good, uh, some some really good runs uh, coming off of the the week where he was uh, inactive. Um, so I'm yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited about this running game moving forward. If we can build a lead, I feel like um, especially with Green Bay, this is another opportunity to get our run game going. Uh, but it starts through the pass. You you talked about. Um, uh, Greg Olson in in the broadcast he was talking about the Cowboys pass to open up the run and that's so true whenever Mike has finally realized we're not good at running on first down and he goes pass on first down it's almost always a good thing not only because CD gets going earlier in the game uh, which dictates coverage based uh, for him um, but but it just allows us to get into a more more smooth rhythm knowing that you don't always have to make a third and eight uh, conversion. You don't always have to do a, a third and six, third and long. You know, it's it's just so much easier for an offense to get going like that. And um, I'm excited for that. Moving into this Green Bay game, moving into Tampa Bay Eagles, whichever one um, next week. I, I'm already checking this up as a W. I don't know if what you guys feel, but I, I feel like a double-digit win coming on. I know Kelly said that earlier, but... I'm just excited. Uh, Anth, talk on Tony Pollard and this run game in general and, and what you expect to see uh, in this Green Bay Packers game and moving forward. Well, we uh, at Cowboys Can Fan, we've been like, I think some of the few guys that actually haven't been too upset with Tony Pollard this year. Like, I, I feel I feel like the guy's gotten hit pretty hard. This is his first year starting. He's not in a very favorable offense to run the ball. Uh, there Earlier in the season, there wasn't much creativity in the run game at all. Like you said, we used the pass to set up the run. I think he only he's only had he didn't hit 100 last week, did he? I think he only has one no. one 100 no. yard game this year. But I still don't think his numbers are are anything for me to be concerned about. I believe he's going to hit it off in playoffs. He still has fresh legs. We know he came off the injury last year. He had a nice confidence booster last week. He's going against a Green Bay team who does have a couple good linebackers. Like their linebackers are good off ball and tackling machines. Like they have a lot of tackles. But I'm confident that we keep building off of what we had against Washington. And I, I think Tony Pollard goes for over 100 yards. I, I believe we're going to get an early lead, and then we're going to kind of lean on the run a little bit. And I don't care what your stats are in the regular season. Just do it for me in the postseason. So if Tony Tony mm. Pollard can basically erase everybody's thoughts about him from 2023 with a strong playoff performance, and I, I think he's primed to do that. I I completely agree. I, I got I to gotta give this, this Eagles fan, I think it's an Eagles fan, some – 
some love for popping in the show. Uh, leave a like while you're here, buddy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We, you know, hey, it's just more numbers for all of us. Um, <laughs> also, if you are one of the uh, people watching this that our, actually are Cowboys fans, leave a like on these videos. Only helps us grow. Um, all these shows are representing Cowboys Can Fan. We got Starstruck with Cam and Mass. We got the Cowboys Cave with both these guys, Kelly and Mike Tag. Um, awesome shows. I tune into all of those shows uh, just for my personal enjoyment. I always said, like, I like watching uh, people's shows way more than I like doing my own. Um, so it's just great to have these people on here and just, just talking about Cowboys football and continuing to grow our knowledge and share bits and pieces of information with each other. Um, anyways, uh, Falcons, Eagles started 10-1, and one and they went 1-5 uh, and five down the stretch. Damn. I like the shade thrown on <laughs> they Chad. They want to fire everybody. They want to get rid of the general manager, the coach. Get rid of Hurts. He sucks. You know, get rid of the whole AJ Brown even show up for practice today because what's going on there, bud? Yeah, yeah, what a, yeah, you what got, a dumpster fire that is right now. You got some more problems to worry about, Chad. Um, yeah, Kelly, talk about Tony Pollard, this run game, uh, going in Green Bay, um, and then the, the future games. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think or do you, actually, it, Kelly, do you think he's kind of playing for a contract during this postseason run with the Cowboys? I, I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't think that I think that Tony Pollard could run for 150 yards each game, and I don't think the Cowboys are re-signing him. I, I just mm. I don't think, I don't think he comes back. I think he's gone. I think the Cowboys draft a running back next year, uh, or or possibly maybe maybe look to sign one in free agency. I don't think they'll go that route. I know Saquon's out there. Henry I think is old. Saquon is often injured. I don't think the Cowboys want to go that route because they kind of already they already kind of gave a running back a big contract in Zeke. So I don't think there's anything that Pollard could do this year that's going to earn him a contract this next year. Now, that being said, I don't think that Pollard has actually been awful. I think that I don't think necessarily that the run blocking has been the greatest. I don't think the schemes that they've drawn up in the run in the run game have been the greatest that really benefit Pollard. Um and, and, and his running style. So, you know, it's kind of similar to, uh, you know, Dak Prescott. You look at Mike McCarthy put an offense in place that really uh, kind of led to Dak being able to elevate his game to another level. He did things that played into Dak's hands. We kind of got to do that with your run game, too. You have to you have to have your run blocking um, to cater to your running running back and the style of runs that he does. And I just don't think we really did a lot to benefit Tony Pollard this year. Um, but you know, it was a positive last week. What I saw with uh, Washington, he was running the ball. He was getting big chunks of yards, chunk plays. Uh, I think we'll continue to do that with Green Bay because they just, frankly, their run defense isn't that great. Um, but I'll be anxious to see if that run game can continue to thrive when we start facing some of the better run defenses as these playoffs go on um, because there are some better run defenses out there a lot better than Green Bay. But in this game, um, yeah, I, I think that he'll probably be able to have a productive game, and I, I could see him going over 100 yards in this game. Absolutely. And uh, Mike? Yeah, I mean, Tony Pollard, I've, I've said it a lot. Um, I like him. I like him as a number two. He's not a lead back, never was a lead back. I wish they would have figured out either a way to bring a veteran in or, or bring, bring a bruiser in, maybe Zeke you know, in at a lower deal or something like that. Um, I think, unfortunately, if, if things ever, God forbid, go south with, with Dallas, it's going to be the lack of the running game. And I just say that is if we're up 24-20, six minutes to go, they know you're running the ball. We're running the ball. Try and stop mm -hmm. us. I don't think we have it. 
And that's that that's and that's where I think Mike McCarthy gets a lot of heat on his on his on his game management. I don't think he has confidence in the running game. Now we saw some stuff in Washington, and I hope Pollard kind of gets things going because you need a running game. I'm just telling you, you need to be able to run the football in the playoffs to win and to move on. And I and I, that's my one concern with a running game going all the way, you know, to the finish line is I'm hoping Pollard kind of, you saw some stuff in Washington. He started getting some stuff going. Rico was looking good. I mean, everything, you know, was kind of going in there, but that's my one concern with this offense is, is the running game, to be honest, if I'm being straight. Would you, would you look to utilizing like a CD or a Turpin in that, in that I think more, I think I absolutely, I've seen them using CD and it works and Turpin. They've got to be creative, get the, get the yards running, create, you know, be creative to do it. Even whether it be a quick pass to the wide receiver screen, something like that. I, I would try and use that as your running game as well to help. But I think I forgot who said it. We're to the point where the pass sets up the run. And typically it's a lot, it's the opposite, right? You run to set up the pass. I think we're passing, to get them off to set up the run. Yeah. Kim. Um I t- Kelly hit on that that I don't think that Tony Pollard's going to be a Cowboy next year. Um he does need to play probably for a contract with somebody else. This is the 28th um ranked team in run defense. They give up an average of 143 yards when they're away. And so this, he definitely has to now Quay Walker might have a little bit to say about that. And I, he is the one person on their defense that I do worry about with again on the run. But um, yeah, I, I, it, you all hit it right. Perfectly. This, our run, our run game's going to be a battle once we get <laughs> past this game. It really is. I mean, if you look at the Rams run D, you know, you, you're looking at um, the Lions it's a whole different game. Yeah. Well, I think I think Kelly brought it up. There was times that Tony Pollard, I think I, I want to say it was the Miami game where four or five runs, he's tackled three three yards behind the line of scrimmage. What what are you going to do as a guy like that? Like, does it, you could be Emmett Smith, or maybe not Emmett. Emmett might make it happen, but there's ninety eight percent ninety eight percent of the running back population is getting tackled when you, they have no blocking. So I don't think Tony Pollard has had much help this year in in comparison to prior years but uh i I agree with everyone else that i don't think he's a a cowboy next year yeah yeah i think the run blocking overall has been uh really poor this this season um and and not just from the 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 offensive linemen i mean you're talking about tight ends as well um some wide receivers um so it's it's a it's a culmination of all of those groups um and it's 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 not always the same guy either. It's not just a Terrence Steele. It's not just a uh, um, Tyler Smith getting a holding call. It's they take turns, and that's what really is really um, the the factor of us getting behind the chains. It's not just one guy like okay, just don't hold this play, brother. Brother, we'll we'll, we'll do something. It they they take turns, and, it, and it's really hurting this team. Um, I think it was Mina Kimes. Uh, don't quote me on this, but I think she said. The Packers are absolutely horrible, like worse than the league defending slants. Yes, um, and and in, yeah, in the slot too. Yeah, and, and that that rings bells for me. I'm like Ceedee Lamb, throw him in the slot, absolutely eat. Uh, Cam, since you know what she was talking about, just talk about CD Lamb. If you would use him inside out, all over the formation motions, what are you doing with CD, and how are you continuing the tear that he's on throughout the the 2023 season? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna 
I'm going to confuse the hell out of him and I'm going to move him everywhere. You know, I'm not going to keep him in one spot, especially when Alexander doesn't really travel and you've got Valentine on the other side. I mean, you've got it where you can put CD wherever you want and then somebody's going to have to be covering cooks. So I, I, I totally, I agree with you guys when you got went on the guy about the ninth best pass defense or whatever. No, they don't. No, they don't. We, yeah. we are, if we can't keep this, get this run game going, it's going to be fine because Dak's just going to point and the ball's going to go to him. That hyped me up, by the way, when you guys ridiculed that man. That was, that was so far the highlight of the show for me. We got the hype king in the building right here, Mike Tag. So that guy got stomped out. That guy got stomped out. No, no, he's still in the chat. He's still in the chat. He's hanging in there. He's hanging in there. True Parsons and Lamb are beast. Offensive line is solid. And so he's giving a little bit of praise here. Um, and since since you're on the mic, hot mic right now, what do you think about CD Lamb and and not what? only the the Packers game, like moving forward? Because I think this whole panel thinks that we're moving past Green Bay and and we're going into that next that, that next game. Um, so just talk about him continuing to to be utilized in the way he's been throughout the whole season. Well, I won't say whole season, past week five till now, how he's been utilized and how no team has been able to stop him. How are we con- going to continue to do that in the playoffs, man? It is interesting that no team's really been able to stop him because you'd, you'd assume he has, I don't know, it feels like 80% of our receiving yards. I don't know if that's actual true, but it feels like he has all of them, right? You'd feel like that that would be a defense's main objective to stop CeeDee Lamb, and it hasn't happened. Uh, the Cowboys just need to keep going to him. They need to be throwing to him a minimum 10 times a game. Uh, like minimum, I'm saying minimum 10 times. They went 13 for 13 to him last week. Uh, the Miami game, they started off early with him. I think he had 90 yards or something in the first half or first quarter, and then they just went completely away from him. I think that game's comp- a different game if they keep going to CeeDee Lamb. So I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a fan at the end of the day. I'm not a big tape guy. I watch it, but I'm just watching the game from a different vantage point, right? So I don't know what they're exactly doing. They're motioning him. Just keep doing it. Keep finding uh, soft spots in the zones and just keep feeding him the rock because CeeDee Lamb – to me, is the best wide receiver in the NFL, and I've been saying it even back to last year. I think that C.D. Lamb was underutilized last year, and uh, you just in the playoffs when your biggest players need to shine, that guy needs to get ten to fifteen balls thrown at him, and he's gonna he's gonna show why he's the top wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, and where you're at, Anth, you got to use binoculars. You're you're past the nosebleeds. You're outside of the arena, he's so at yeah. The it's, lows. He's at the lows. He must these are usually this is when we fly down to Dallas. This is usually where we sit. <laughs> Uh, Kelly, Kelly, what's your thoughts about CD, man? Uh, you know, I, I couldn't agree more, man. CD is the guy that you you get the ball as much as you can. Uh, I, we, me and Mike talked on the show, and then for you know for the first several weeks of the season, we talked about what was the identity of this team. It felt like they didn't really have an identity for a while, uh, and then once they figured it out, you know, that identity for me has been pretty pretty prevalent it's Dak and cd i mean it's it's that connection right it's those two guys that when they connect they're unstoppable and you know when they don't uh like Ant said on, on that on that miami game um you know i mean he had six receptions for 118 yards and they went away from him for two full quarters i mean i, I couldn't understand what they mm-hmm. were doing in that game and i'm sitting there like where in the hell did he where, where did he go like what do you guys do win it's it's not a it's not a really overly hard question it's like if somebody gives you a math test and then they slide to you the answers <laughs> the answer is cd lamb like why aren't you using the answers you're trying to sit there and overthink things and try to do okay. these mathematical equations 
Dak to CD equals six. Get the ball to CD Lamb. I mean, he and he don't drop balls. I mean, I think I was it last week he had 13 receptions, was it 13 targets and 13 receptions? He didn't drop one pass. Like you get him the ball. So I mean, I in my opinion, I, I know you you, you want to run the ball and you need to run the ball to you know set up some certain things. Obviously, you can't just throw the ball every play. But you'd be tempted to. You'd be tempted to with a guy like CeeDee Lamb because I think he has proven he's the best receiver in the league, in my opinion. It is my opinion. I know Tyreek Hill's got him over there in yards. But I just – I love what CD brings because it's a physicality. It's the yards after the catch. It's it's the fact that he's not dropping balls. Him and Dak are just on a level that they have never been before. And they're just, they're just in sync. Uh, Dak lets go of that ball before CD's sometimes coming out of his breaks. And it is just on him. And that is, that's the thing of beauty. You love to see that that kind of quarterback receiver connection and they've got it, man. So in this Green Bay game, I think I think CD just I think he lights him up, man. I could see a game where he's going for over 150 yards and at least one. I, I think at least two touchdowns. So I, yeah. I love CD, man. It's like, when you know, Zeke may not be here anymore. CD's the new feed me guy. Feed me. <laughs> feed CD. Yeah, no, 88 or eight times eight is 64. Six from four. Um, and, and here's the thing is that somebody brought this up. 38.7% of Dak's passing yards are to CeeDee Lamb. Uh, shout out Falcon for that stat. That's crazy. I mean, you talk about uh, best duos in the league. I don't know how they couldn't be top three, if not one. So, um, yeah. This, and they didn't utilize him for weeks and weeks. Yeah. You know, and that's five games. Everybody's talking about Tyreek Hill and his yardage. CD be way ahead of him if we had actually used him for a while when I yeah. don't know why we weren't. Yep. No, I think he finished the 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 uh the season with 12 touchdowns too. Um and two added on to that with rushing I believe as well. So 14 total touchdowns for CD. That's a monster year. That's that's reminiscent of 2014 Dez with the 16 touchdowns. Um so I mean yeah this guy has has asserted himself as not only an elite wide receiver but one of the most dominant wide receivers in the NFL can win all over the formation can be even utilized in the run game so um I'm so happy that we that we didn't draft Calevon Chase on or whoever it was that we were um eyeing that draft and and we did go with CD Lamb because he's such a difference maker um and so Mike speak on CD as well man yeah, I just, I mean, just to echo what everyone says, I mean, he's, to me, he's the best receiver in the NFL. And uh, the offense goes as he goes. You know, it used to be, right, Zeke, the offense goes as Zeke goes. The offense goes as, as CD goes. And that's why they've just got to give him the ball as much as he can, you know, 10, 13, whatever it is. They got to keep feeding him. And I, you know, I did a video comparing CD to Michael Irvin's best season. Cause I think Michael Irvin in 95 had the greatest season as a, for a Cowboys receiver. And I think CD lamb this season got to get to the Super Bowl. Michael Irvin got a ring. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's what you got to get, but I think CD lamb is, is could be the best end up being the, the greatest receiver in Cowboys history. That's saying a lot because I'm a Michael Irvin, huge Michael Irvin fan. That's saying mm-hmm. a lot, but he has that opportunity. And I just think they continue to get him the ball and and like I said, even in the running game, they've they've done things where they've they've gotten him involved in the run game. Whatever they can do to get him touches, they've got to do it because the offense goes as he goes. Yeah. No, I highlighted this in a tweet uh before the season even started. Um each each year CD Lamb has played, um, he's increased his yards per game by 10 plus yards over the past three seasons. This year he doubled that 20 plus um 
uh, over his previous um, yards per game average over a season, which was 2022. So very impressive what he's done this year. Um, also, I got to shout out my guy, Official Manny B. He's in the chat. Um, he's one of those those guys that pop into my chat a lot. So got to shout him out. Um, I saw chat up here talking about Fergie. And I do want to talk about uh, Jake Ferguson because his emergence as that um, kind of, you know, dynamic safety net, uh, Travis Kelsey-ish, obviously not on that level quite yet. Um, but, I mean, I think that his growth is exponential. I think that he's really grown a lot of trust with Dak Prescott over the middle. Those seam balls are just so, so crisp. And, and that's probably Dak's best ball, in my opinion, that seam ball over the middle. Um, so Jake Ferguson, what have you seen from him this year? What's your expectations moving in these playoffs? And then, um, for the years to come, uh, I'll start with Cam. Um, he's, I, you know, we all had a little rough beginning with our tight ends and them not being able to keep the ball in their hands. <laughs> and yes, I yes. think he took that personal and we've, we've seen great growth out of him. I mean, not only with, you know, like you just mentioned that seam ball with Dak, but his blocking and it, he, he's an angry blocker. He is. He really is. I was about to say, and you know what? He has taken on the role of bruiser. Like he's not putting up with him. He is that guy on the field. That's not going to put up with someone jacking their jaw on his face or coming after his quarterback or anything like that. He has come into his own in an entirely different way. So, yeah. you know, kudos no, he, I, him. I see him as like kind of like the tank for the offensive side. Like he gets those guys hyped up and he's so like he's young. You don't expect that from a young player, but he is just in his element out there and he's not afraid to lower his shoulder, make a big hit, get up and then talk trash. We have lacked that so many years in the past is just a guy that's not afraid of the defense, thinks that they're better than them. What makes Kobe and MJ so great in basketball is they thought that nobody was better than them. And that's what the thing with Jake Ferguson. No, he's not the best player, but damn sure don't tell him that because he's going to come back and he's going to smash you next time lower shoulder into you get those extra yards his yards after the catchability that seam ball um his ability to block just be an aggressor on the field for this offense we've lacked that in years past and i think that that's one of the things that are going to catapult us into the playoffs moving forward so i had to highlight cd or uh it's not cd jake ferguson um mike we'll, we'll pop back over to you man talk about ferguson and, and what you expect from him I will, but let me let me make a comment to your chat. Joey, that's pretty funny. Is the bottom guy in the screen drunk? Uh, don't be talking about my man Kelly that way. But more importantly... Yeah, there's two of us that are drunk in here. <laughs> educate, your, <laughs> educate yourself and take, the, take that... You get a Q-tip and get that earwax out because I said it's all about championships. But C.D. Lamb is on that path. He's on the path for it. So just listen close. I know you're a 49ers fan. I know you're a little slow. And you remember those beatings that Michael Irvin gave you. So I respect the fact that you say Michael Irvin's the greatest. I'm from the U. I understand that. So just chill yourself out. Kelly, you want to re respond to this? I did, I, yeah, at least at least defend myself. First, first of all, I'm not drunk. If I got a breathalyzer test, I think I could walk away from it right now. I'm pretty confident. <laughs> but let me just say this right now. You, you said C.D. Lamb was going to get shut down by the Packers. He says C.D. Lamb was get shut down in the playoffs or the Packers. Yeah, one of the, one yeah, of the yeah, yeah. Put a wager on it. If, if you're talking about C.D. Lamb getting shut down by the Packers, I just want to ask you, Mr. Cannoli, Jabroni, whatever that last name is. Um, well, he might be a Python. Yeah, Jabroni. Eight targets. Eight targets and six receptions for D.J. Chart Jr. 
Is DJ Chart Jr. Ooh. an elite receiver? Is he even a top like half of the league Ooh. receiver? I don't even think he's a top like I don't even think he's even bottom part of the league. He had 98 yards and two touchdowns on Green Bay's defense. And if you don't think C.D. Lamb is going to do something similar to that on Sunday, then obviously you haven't been watching football and you disqualified yourself, sir. You are the winkest link. <laughs> Goodbye. And I'm yeah. not drunk. I, I, and I, I apologize. <laughs> apologize, EJ, for. Sorry, man. We didn't want to hide that. We had to respond to it. We got to respond. No apologies. I had to respond. This is all of our show. And that's my that's my sidekick, Kelly K. And I can't allow that disrespect to happen. You guys totally ruined the show. You ruined the show. But but Ferguson, (laughs) Ferguson is this is a guy that he was my bold prediction. I think he's going to have a huge game. Uh, I I love the tenacity. I love what he brings to the table. I think he's just an up and coming tight end. He's getting better and better. So I'm. I mean, I, I mean, I love me some Jake Ferguson. I almost, if the, when I was at the game a couple of weeks ago, if they had a Ferguson jersey for sale, your boy was going to buy one, but they didn't have it, so I didn't buy it. But I, I love him. Absolutely. Uh, who did I start with? Did I start with you, Mike, or no? I think Cam, so. Right? I think so. I got I got distracted. I apologize. I think I'm <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I got derailed after Kelly I think came I in. With started. The, you <laughs> are the weakest link. That remind me of the the good day, sir. That's what from, I was thinking. That was definitely exactly. Wonka. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That had um, some Wonka vibes to it. Definitely. It did. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Anth, go ahead, and then we'll follow it up with Kelly. I just want to say, I, Mike's been apologizing to every second player it seems we bring up, so I have to apologize to Jake Ferguson. I actually like the Schoonmaker draft when they put when they took him because I wasn't sold on our tight end room. Fast forward now, if you knew what you were getting from Ferguson, there is no way the Dallas Cowboys are wait. I'm I'm gonna say wasting, but it's still to still we still have to see what happens with it. But there's no way they're using a second round pick on a, a tight end if they knew what they were getting from Jake, Jake Ferguson. It sucks that they, they didn't know what, what he was capable of because he's the the tight end one by a long shot. And it looks like we got a real one for the next few years in the tight end room. And it's really making that Schoonmaker pick look mm-hmm. a little sus now. So uh, I, I'm all for Jake Ferguson. Like you said, he's the attitude on the team. He's that dog mentality. And uh, dog. there's no other, There's he's a dog. And there's Ferguson, no other dog, dog, CD, dog. And uh, one of the most exciting plays in any game is when he hurdles someone. A white guy jumping someone, it just it hits it's different. So <laughs> he's even got Hendy doing it now. Right, Bro, I, did, so. I don't know who who said it, but they were like Ferguson. I don't know that he's white. They're like, he got a little son. He got a little. I, I think it was on side of the sideline. Maybe I don't know. I don't know where I saw that, but it he was gets so some, funny. He gets some airtime when he jumps those guys. Man, he's up there. He does. I wouldn't be surprised if they got a close up and his tongue was out. Ah, some some MJ action. Uh, Kelly, what do you think about Ferguson, man? Well, uh, first of all, and just just a really short before I go into Ferguson, I just want to one just one more time address the the 49er fan in the room because they they <laughs> they talk a lot about how they've taken us to to pound town and done all this again. That's your only Super Bowl is beating the Cowboys because you haven't won a Super Bowl since before the Dallas Cowboys. You've been on a longer drought than us, so you're gonna sit here and run your mouth about what you did. If you like participation trophies, congratulations. You can get a pat on the back, get a participation trophy. Here's your gold star for beating the Cowboys. Win a Super Bowl and then come back and talk to me. You ain't done we'll that. send him all a right. ribbon, Kelly. Mm. Kelly, get the we'll ribbon for participation. Ribbon, all right, banger, but listen. banger. And, and my guy Falcon echoed you right when you were saying that. Hit hit with the ten dollars super chat and said, "Joey Cannoli, uh, you jabroni." No, he didn't say that. He said, "We're only focused on the team in front of us. We don't live in the past, especially since your drought for a Super Bowl run is longer than Dallas's." I'm out. Why is Mike he in here? Why, why, why is he in here? Thank oh, you. Get it. 
Mike's well, like, I don't know, man. You know, there's there's fans of other teams that are obsessed with the Cowboys. Me and Mike have talked about it. We don't go on to I – I would never go on to another team's podcast to, to watch them because I've got better things to do with my time. But, but I Jake Ferguson, we appreciate it. Don't hate on it. That's, that's well, we appreciate it. No, no, no. Thanks, thanks for Joey, in and, giving, and giving the support. Absolutely. Absolutely. Joey's yeah, in no, here no, celebrating. No, no. He, he's celebrating second place right now. Oh, I'm so not he's much. first loser. So he's first loser. Uh, yeah, Good job. Good I, job. I, you know what? I – I hope they hang you a banner out there in Santa Clara. Hope they hang you a banner for second place and that you and that you celebrate that. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you probably got celebrated a lot for coming in second place when you were a kid. Your mom got a lot of second place ribbons and stuff for you. You're probably proud of it. But I, I mean, me, me personally, us Cowboys fans, we played for something a little bit bigger. Um, anyway, Jake Ferguson, back to the <laughs> back to the topic. Get, get a squirrel. Um, Jake Ferguson, I put a tweet out in uh, before the draft, and it was last year. And I believe it was against the Giants, that play where Jake Ferguson caught a pass, hurdled the defender, stayed on his feet, kept running for about another 20 yards downfield. And I said at that time, Jake Ferguson, tight end number one. And I stood by that tweet. And when we were drafting and when they started talking about the fact that we were going to get a tight end, I said, no, no, we we don't. We, I, I was completely against the Schoonmaker pick. I didn't like it then. I still don't you. like it now because he hasn't brought anything significant to this team or made any contributions to this team that was on the verge of a Super Bowl already. I felt like we needed to allocate our resources to somebody that would contribute this year. We didn't need somebody that's a project. We didn't need somebody that maybe could contribute. Like we had a guy in the in the house in Ferguson who could handle those capabilities and they still went and drafted a number two or drafted a, a, a you know tight end at the second pick so I like Ferguson I like what he can do he brings that swag the physicality to this Cowboys offense which is which is what you need you want guys that have a little bit of dog in them and I like the fact that he has that in him um, so I love Ferguson, man. I think he's going to be the tight end. I think he's the guy that's going to earn another contract. Um, you know, I think, uh, the Cowboys will keep him around when it's time to re-sign him. I think he gets a contract because I think he'll continue to progress and, and get better. Because if you think about it, this is really his first full year because last year with Schultz on the field, he didn't see the field a whole lot with Schultz on the field. Didn't get a lot of opportunities this year with more opportunities, more targets. He's shown what he's capable of. And I think he'll continue to grow and that should be exciting for Cowboys fans. Yeah. And everybody knows that if you wear 87 as a tight end, you're a dog. Sam Laporta, dog. Travis Kelsey, dog. Jake Ferguson, dog. Um, no, but dog. <laughs> exactly. Right. There you go. Strike <laughs> dogs. Um, no, I, I, we've, we're, we're at like an hour and five minutes right now. So I do want to get into like some bold predictions, some score predictions, chat. That includes you leave your score predictions below, including you, Joey. I want to, I want to see what you got, Joey. Um, and you know, uh, for me, I'm, I'm expecting the double digit victory. I'm expecting a, I'm going to go 33 to 17. That's what I'm expecting. Um, Mike, do you have have one off the top? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I think this is the same one I did on our show. 34-17, I think Dallas uh, beats them comfortably. I think I think they get a late touchdown. Dak's going to have his his ball cap on in the in the fourth quarter, and and the, the Packers will get some garbage touchdown to make it that score. And I hope that your score is 35-17, just so it's 33-34. Yep, yep, 35-17. You got my score prediction. No, I think they're I think they're 40 40 in it, man. The Cowboys at home. Mm. I, I'm, I'm just spitting this, but I think they're like 39 points a game at home. 
I don't see, there's no reason to to believe that they're not going to hit it this week. They're even going to do better. I'm going 43-24. 43-24. Let's go with that. There you go. Cam? I completely agree with the average of what we score at home and what we can do to the secondary. I actually have it at 41-24. 40 burger. Another 40 burger. 40s. I like it. Kelly? Uh, I had uh, I had the score to be I had predicted it and tweeted it out at thirty nine fourteen, but maybe it's the maybe it's the salted caramel over here that's talking to me. But I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna up that and I'm gonna say it's forty two to fourteen because yeah, I want to have. And I think that in the fourth quarter, Dak Prescott's on the phone and he's door dashing him and his beautiful pregnant wife some uh, <laughs> uh, to eat at, on the sideline. I think he's already getting ready to think about what him and his and his uh, wife or you know fiance are going to eat after the game's over because Dak Prescott's going to be pulled in the fourth quarter. It's going to be rush hour. So, ooh, rush hour like that. three. Would that be number three? Um, I think so, yeah, I think there's only two rush hours. Uh, Joey says, should have drafted Puka. Hey, I was on the Puka train. You could ask Anth. I was on it. Yeah, you um, No, it, do you guys have any bold predictions for uh, this game? I would have to think on it. I haven't even thought of it. I've, I, Like I said, I had a baby this weekend uh, or on, on Tuesday. So I haven't really been thinking Cowboys football that much. Uh, Mike? Mine, I, I mean, I stick with Jake Ferguson. I thought he was going to have, a, you know, 125-plus yards, two touchdowns. There you go. Cam? Um, this – the combination of this defensive line is going to get six sacks. Oh, wow, nice. six. Oh, I like that. Ke- <laughs> Kelly, Kelly's over there pointing at you. Did you steal? Did, did I take you it? Steal yours? Uh, he had, uh, he had that, right? <laughs> I had on the show. I had on the show. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. I said six sacks. Yes. Double up. Six you sacks. and me. You and me. There we go. All right. Um, do you want to put a little caveat on yours? Throw an extra. Buy one, get one. Kelly? Seven sacks. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll say six sacks, and I'll say I'll say a Duran Bland pick six. There you go. Ooh, I love to see yeah. that, man. That'd be yeah. electric, and, and the wideout. Ooh, ooh, Anth. Yeah, I'm going Dak Prescott. Four touchdown passes and one touchdown rushing. Uh, Dak's gonna play mm. out of his mind. I, I don't think this Green Bay Packers defense is gonna be able to do shit. Sorry for the S-H-I-T word, but that's how I feel. They're not going to be able to do anything against this Cowboys team, and Dak Prescott is going to show why he should have been the league MVP. I'm going to go with a weirder one right here, and I like yours, Hanth. I'm going to go with Dak Prescott with a 60-yard touchdown pass and a 30-yard run. Um, wow. So, hey, you know, if, if you get Dak with a 30-yard run, you feel really good about um, him moving on, on in the pocket because – uh, when he's when he's done that in the past, when he has ran it and uh, uh, a good amount, it just it seems like we always win. So um, I like everybody's boldies right there. Um, for me, I think that if there's anything I was worried about is the penalties. We brought up that early in the show. Did anybody else have any kind of worries about this game? Or? Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones. That's it. That's it. You keep him under 100 yards, the Dallas Cowboys win this football game. He's rushed very well against the Cowboys the last four times they've played. If you keep him under 100 yards, this team will win. That's their only chance is to control the clock and hopefully keep Dak Prescott off the field. That's that's it. Absolutely. Anybody else have anything? No, I would echo that. I mean, Aaron Jones is the only. What what is it? Uh, an airplane movie? Uh, when they said the, the only hope we've got to strike her, that's pretty much. <laughs> I think that's the only hope we've got. <laughs> there you go. Hey, so we're all predicting a W. So if if we do get this W, 
who would you rather play? Uh, Tampa Bay or the Eagles? I think those are the only two options. Or I guess the Lions. The Lions. Um, out of those three teams, who would you guys most most want to play? We'll start with Kelly here. Philadelphia, hands down. Philadelphia. And the reason mm. why is because I would love to end their season. I would love to humiliate them in AT&T Stadium because I think if they came to AT&T Stadium to play us again, I don't think we win by 20. I think we win by 30, 35 points. I think we would just absolutely boat race them. And I would love to do that and end have the honor of saying you guys were the ones that we beat to get to that NFC championship game. So thank you, Philadelphia, for the easy game, the pass, mm. for Dak Prescott to sit another fourth quarter. We appreciate you. So thank you for that. I, I'd love to get that opportunity to just, you know, stick that stick that knife in Philadelphia a couple of times on their way out of the postseason. But I don't think they're going to get past Tampa Bay. So that's wishful. You know, pleasure. if you wrote a story, you'd probably write it like this. Green Bay, exercise some demons there. Philly, just to, to pour it on them. The Niners, next, the, that NFC Championship game. Uh, because, yeah, they've had our number. And then ended off with, with the Buffalo Bills. Throw another yeah. one on their head, you know? Yeah. Um, Cam, what was what was your uh, uh, matchup that you want to see, I guess, in the second round? Um, well, you know, I, I might hate for the Eagles would like that, but I want them to be one and done. Uh, mm. They're on the couch. Go home. You, you know, you went 10 and one and then tanked. Bye. Um, give me the bucks. Bye. They they got there because they won the one of the worst, you know, divisions in the league. So give me them. Okay. Mike. Well, I mean, the one thing I would look at is if you want to think about Jimmy Johnson and we talk about the curse and you talk about how it, it's very interesting how we all said there was a curse and then people called us crazy, but things kind of happened when you had that curse, right? When it, when he went in there and that curse got lifted in that second half, things kind of changed the Detroit game. Some of the things that didn't go our way seemed to go our way. People want to cry about that call, whatever. I was there. Only one guy was called in, but for whatever, let Detroit cry about it. We win the game. And then you got the Eagles up what? 21, six choke away a game against Arizona. So things are kind of happening in a weird way ever since Jimmy Johnson got put in the ring of honor. So if you look back to the 92 season, Jimmy Johnson's first Super Bowl, who do we play in the division round? Played the Eagles. Eagles, yep. Who do we play in the NFC Championship round? At San Francisco. Niners, Niners yep. Eagles at home, right? So who do you play in the Super Bowl? Slap the Bills around a little bit. So I'm just saying is things just, you know, I'm not saying the NFL is scripted. I'm not saying that there's some crazy things going on, but it's just all no. this Packers you could throw in as a 93. That was a team, you know, the Packers were in that mix. So it just seems like exercising some demons, maybe going back in time a little bit, get a little Jimmy Johnson love and do it the right way. So I would love to see the Eagles just to kind of keep that pattern going. There you go. Anth? I think the Eagles are a good one because it'd be awesome to be the team that uh, sends clown clowny Sirianni off the team. Like they're they're gonna go nuts as soon as they get as soon as they lose a game. I don't think they beat the Bucks though, so I'm gonna go Detroit Lions. The reason I'm going Detroit Lions is because listening to that stupid talk, that two point yes. conversion, it just did my head in, man. That game shouldn't even been a game. CD doesn't fumble the ball, and we we win that game handedly. Um, Give me the Lions again and let us beat them by 40. Let's let's yep. let's send let's let the Lions fans think they're going to make it to an NFC Championship game. 
let them ride a high and then let us uh, take take the wind right out of their sails. But I mean, the Eagles is always a good answer too because, I mean, I, I'm not going to say f the Eagles, but f the Eagles. <laughs> no, I thought I was the only one that's going to pick the Lions because that's no, the exact reason why you said, man. I want to leave no doubt with us beating yeah. the Lions, bro. I was so sick and tired of hearing that stupid talk. Like yep. you said, the CD fumble. Um, we had stupid penalties that game um, on on special teams. But so that game it, would have ended if they hadn't called the false tripping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's why I just want to. I want to beat them nobody, by nobody two touchdowns. To uh, Kelly, you were going to say something. No, I just said nobody. Nobody wants to talk about that. They, they don't want to talk about that because it's the Cowboys. And if it would have been reverse. And we uh, we were at the game. I mean, I know Mike was at the game. I, I was at the game. Like we heard, they they announced seventy is eligible and sixty eight caught it. So if they wouldn't have thrown the flag, then the Cowboys would have got screwed. And guess what? Nobody would have said nothing. Everybody would have been like, ah, suck it up. Should have won the game. Should have done something <laughs> to win the game. Blah blah blah. Don't come back to one play. You always making excuses. That only goes for Cowboys fans apparently, because the whole world was weeping when Detroit lost. And I'm just like, I'm so sick of it. Like, shut the hell up, man. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson. And then we're talking about, oh, I feel like it's written in destiny i feel like it's in the stars that we got to play come back to dallas again and see what the hell happens because y'all should have never been in that position we should have stomped y'all upside the head but y'all got lucky from a few uh, a couple of breaks i don't think it'd happen again and like i'm not scared of detroit so detroit's one b for me man if it's not philly then it's detroit that i want coming to dallas because i want to leave no doubt on the way to an nfc title game and beat yeah whoop them upside the heads yeah i get sick of hearing that shit yeah, I think that that a lot of Cowboys fans gave the Eagles crap for their their road to the Super Bowl last year, and rightfully so. I mean, they faced the Giants, and then they fa- faced the Niners without Brock Purdy. They knocked him out in the first quarter or whatever it was, and then they were down to a third stringer or whatever. Um, so uh, I don't want that that doubt in anybody's mind when we make this Super Bowl run. I want it to be it, they they just destroyed teams. They went on a tear, and Dak Prescott went on a the best little stretch of his career they thought it was between week six and 12 this year no 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 it's these four games in the playoffs in the super bowl here and uh i can't wait to see it truthfully um i think that this team has a different swagger about them has a different uh chip on their shoulders knowing that they've been here to the playoffs three straight years and have fallen short man i i think that they really realize like if not now when and uh, all it is uh, this Sunday at 3.30 is we're going to go out there and we're going to win and we're going to win in convincing fashion and then line the next person up and we're going to do it again and then again and then again. And uh, I, I, it's one of those things, man. I'm just super excited. And I, I said this at the beginning of the season, enjoy it while it lasts because it goes by so, so fast. And um, hardly ever do you get to, to be a part of a team that – uh, makes the playoffs as consistently as this, and hardly ever do you get to witness a team that has won as many Super Bowls as the Cowboys. Yes, we've had a long drought. That's fully everybody on on here is fully aware of that. But we're ready for that drought to end this year, and it starts with four. It starts with 88, uh, 90, 11. All of those guys making the concerted effort in the offseason to work on their craft and hone their skills and get better from that last year where we fell short and coming in here and getting the sixth Lombardi. So, um, guest, thank you guys so much for agreeing to do this. Um, we should have had a little bit more, but, you know, no worries. Um, we'll have to set another one of these up, and uh, maybe maybe it is Super Bowl week when we're all talking again. And, like uh, yeah, we're, we're just reminiscing on, hey, 
we told you guys so. We told you guys so, but you didn't want to be here with us. Um, so uh, real quick, uh, everybody shout, shout your channels out. So uh, if they're not, people can follow you real quick. We'll start with Mike and Kelly. Yeah, uh, Cowboys Cave, myself and Kelly, we got a crew there. Definitely check us out on YouTube. Uh, got a great interview coming up on the 25th. I'll give a shameless plug. Tony Thrill Hill, one of the greatest Dallas Cowboy receivers of all one time. Of my in the cave. So definitely excited about that. So definitely uh, hit that subscribe to Boys in the Zone, Cowboys Can Fan, Starstruck, all, all of our, all the shows, all great stuff. Absolutely. Did you want to shout out your Twitter account, Mike? Uh, at mtag1993. Thank you. And then Kelly, what was your Twitter? Uh, at Kelly underscore K underscore nine. And then and he's the other cave, half man. of Cowboys cave. There you go. Yes, uh, Cam. Yeah. Um, you can catch me in mass who I just got a message from. He just woke up from a nap after he played golf. That's good. He's right. not dead. That's good. He's Ooh, not, man. he's not, he was napping. Um, you can catch us on starstruck with Cam and mass. And you can find me on Twitter at T-O-O underscore much camber. And hey, Joey, you want to check and make sure your mom got your hot pocket warmed up for you? Because, you know. Don't let it burn the roof of your mouth, bro. Yeah. That hurts, you know. I, 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 I don't wish pain on anybody. A, a roof of the mouth, hot pocket burn is 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 horrible. So, um, uh, Anth. Uh, at Cowboys Can Fan on everything, you know, the, the, the main ones, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. It's just super easy. At Cowboys Can Fan. It is rated R. Our slogan is intoxicated and uncensored. So if you come in there, expect to hear some weird stuff that's just not Cowboys talk. But uh, I just want to say thanks to all you guys. And I'm super excited for playoff football to kick off tomorrow. And is it Sunday yet? Like, let's get to Sunday here. Yeah. No, I agree. Oh, I mean, you're already at AT&T, and so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just go ahead and dive in there, bro. Um, no, I'm, I'm EJ man. Savage of Boys in the Zone. Um, if it's your first time on here, leave a like. Please do subscribe. I uh, do a show typically every Tuesday. Just had a new baby, so that might be a little here and there right now uh, for the next couple weeks. But, um, yeah, I have a lot of wonderful guests to get on my show and just talk Cowboys uh, football. I'm going to be releasing draft content, analysis, and all that stuff here soon, uh, which will be a lot of fun. Um, if you're not already, follow these people as well, and we will catch you next time, guys. Thanks.